Well, welcome everyone to Love Versus Hate. My name is Anne, and I'm your old-fashioned nerd. And I'm Emily, your mainstream millennial. And on this podcast, Emily and I like to debate and argue about the things in life that we love and hate. And I have a feeling that Anne's going to agree with me on this week's episode. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, because we're talking about all things K-pop, not just BTS, but K-pop. K-pop. But before we get into that... There's some exciting news. Yeah. And it's not even K-pop related. Which is amazing because that's literally Emily's life at the moment. Yeah, because Anne texted me after the Billboard Music Awards. Wait, that's not what the event was called. (laughs) After the MTV Music Awards. Oh, yeah, okay. She texted me and she was like, OMG, Emily, did you hear? And I was like, did I hear what? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Tay-Tay's coming out with a brand new album. And I was like, girl... Of course I heard. I just was worried because I didn't know if you still loved Tay-Tay or if your obsession with K-pop had just taken over all other musical and musician loves in your life. I mean, it has, but like I still love Tay-Tay. Okay. I'm just like, I just am eager to hear what it's going to sound like. Yeah, that's like, is it going to be sound... like folklore? Yeah. Or... I've heard a lot about people thinking it's going to sound like 1989. Which I know totally what that means. <laughs> it's more poppy. Okay. Thank you. Because I, I just wanted to make sure you and I were on the same page, yeah. you know, because I, I would agree that it's yes, more poppy. Yes, she definitely knew that. Yep. 100%. So, yeah, and it comes out in our birthday month. I know. It's a birthday present for Anne and I. Mostly Emily. Yeah, because it comes out the day before my birthday. Yeah. I love when she gives me albums as presents. Uh, even, like, the last album she released... I, or maybe it wasn't the last one she released because I know she's doing her like revival or whatever where she's like redoing mm-hmm. old albums. But um, you were leaving for the weekend um, for your bachelorette party. Yes. And like she announced on a Thursday that she was releasing an album on Friday and then you were driving up Friday. And I was yeah. like, Emily, Tay-Tay just loves you. She like plans her albums around your life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed. Even though you've switched to K-pop. She must not have heard. Yeah, Maybe she didn't she get the memo. But she also loves Blackpink, which is a K-pop girl oh. group. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, does she have a song with Blackpink? <gasps> And I'm like, that would be crazy. Like, I don't, you'll see in this episode that I'm not really a huge K-pop girl group fan. But, I mean, if Taylor Swift is doing something with a K-pop group, I'm going to be like, yes, get it, girl. (laughs) She has met BTS, though. And she looks like a giant compared to them because she's so tall. And, like, not that they're really short, but, like, they're just so small. They're just small humans. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. So I can see that. Yep. Yep. Jin probably looked at least somewhat normal next year. Yeah, Jin is the tallest. No, actually, is Namjoon might be taller. I don't know. They're pretty they're, yeah, similar close. in height. But yeah, Jim and, and Suga, they were, they were like, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to. That's amazing. But But the focus of this particular episode is on K-pop as a whole, an industry, a genre, yes. if you will. I don't think you have to will. It just is. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, I just really wanted to say that. I know. It sounded cool. It did sound cool. But then Anne was like, actually, that's stupid, Emily. I'm sorry. I do that a lot too, don't I? <laughs> yeah, she does. You, you she, try to be she cool. She really makes me feel like I'm stupid. <laughs> but you know what? I'm the expert I'm here sorry. on this yes. episode. Yeah, you're right. Because... If you haven't listened to any of our episodes since we came back from our hiatus, I'm going to call it a hiatus. 
Um, you probably don't know, but I have become a member of the ARMY along mm -hmm. with Anne. Yes. ARMY is being a member of BTS. Not a member, a fan. A fan. I wish. <laughs> I wish I was a member of BTS. I mean, I want Emily to be a member because you would actually contribute. I would just, I'd be there like, you know, I'd, I'd do their videography work and their editing, <gasps> yes. but I wouldn't actually like be able to sing or dance very yeah. well. Oh my gosh. You could. No, I don't think I could. I would I be able to could sing, but I couldn't dance. You could. I think you you danced in high school. You did your yeah, show but not choir. Well. Yeah, but that was high school. You wouldn't need training. It would take a little time, but I think you could. Yeah, I mean, okay. Okay. But if you didn't know, BTS is a K-pop group, one of the biggest in the world, anyways. But since recording our BTS podcast episode, I branched out to some other K-pop groups. You have, yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about my favorite groups in a little bit. But first, I wanted to get into the history of K-pop because I never really did that when I got into it. I was just like, BTS, BTS. But I had no idea like when it started, who was the first group, like the training process, all yeah. of that stuff. So we're so gonna take a deep dive. I'm super excited. Okay. First question for you, Anne. Ooh, I'm ready. When do you think K-pop began? Or like the first question. time the K-pop term was used? I feel like it's honestly a more recent thing. Because while Korean music has probably been around for eons, well, you know, since <laughs> Korea, Korea became a country, um, I have a feeling that K-pop is a more newish idea. So I'm going to say like the 70s or 80s? Oh, wrong. It's even later? Later. 90s? Yes. So oh, the first gross. known use of the term K-pop was in 1999. Oh, wow. Okay, and that it was, was later in a Billboard later. article. Oh. And the guy who used the term was like, I don't even know if I made that up or if I heard it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to be that guy. Like, did I make this up or is this my thing? I would have been like, yes, I did make that. I, I know. <laughs> Thank the, you. The difference between us. <laughs> yes. And... The first K-pop group was, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but just roll with it, Sao Taiji and Boys. Oh. And it was a three-member group. However, the Kim sisters, don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have heard of them. They started sort of started the idea of the K-pop phenomenon. K-pop wasn't a thing back when they were living it up, but they kind of were the idea of K-pop. It was a three-person yeah. group. They sang, they danced, they traveled around the world, and they were really the first South Korean group to be successful in the US. Yeah, so they weren't specifically K-pop, because they were popular, what, in like the 60s? In the 50s, 50s is 50s, when, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they were kind of the first that like sort of broke into the American market from mm -hmm. the Korean yep. music world. But yeah, they weren't quite K-pop yet. But they were they were kind of a starting block yeah. in order to usher K-pop in. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of the history. It's very brief. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I only been around since the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. And so you might be wondering if you're listening and don't know anything about K-pop, what makes K-pop different from other music groups? Uh, yeah, I definitely was wondering that. Thank you. Um, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. So there's actually like so much that makes the K-pop industry unique. Um, with the term K-pop, 
some might think it's just pop music, but it's actually so many different genres. There's rap, there's pop, there's R&B, there's rock, there's just like pretty much whatever. K-pop is just like... It's sort of just like Korean popular. popular. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily like pop. Yeah, so you have the music styles and then you also have the dancing. And yes. the dancing. Oh, okay. <laughs> K-pop groups aren't just singers. In K-pop, you can be just a one-person show. Like, you don't have to have a group, but a lot of the times, people you're following are in groups. Well, and isn't there, like... So, with K-pop, there is... And I'm sure we're going to get into it. Like, the training process. Mm-hmm. I feel like the training process, they kind of purposefully put you into a group. And so, it's, like, harder to become a solo artist in yeah. K-pop. Because you're just kind of... That's sort of the process. Yeah, so usually, like, when you see a solo artist, a lot of the times they come from a group. Like, it's after the group has disbanded, and they still want to be an artist, so they're going to go solo now because their contract is up. So, and we'll get into that more later with talking about training, too. So, they have, a lot of times their performances are a lot of dancing. Like, you dance as much as you sing. It's like show choir on crap. (laughs) And it's crazy, like their ability to dance full on crazy routines while also singing steadily. (laughs) Given they're not all singing at all times of the song, but still. And they usually do have like, what is it called? Like a backtrack where they, yeah, they're not necessarily, it's not just their voice, like their their own voice in the track is like kind of supporting them a little bit, but still, like they are yeah. d- they are singing. Mm-hmm. So dancing is something that's like, like a lot of times in like U.S. groups or British groups, there's some dancing, but it ha- it's nothing compared oh, yeah, no. to K-pop. I would describe that as like more a routine where it's just kind of like, oh, we're sidestepping, we're doing a <laughs> twirl here, and you know, but like the K-pop is intense. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that is not sort of just a, a casual dance. Yeah. And a lot of like boy groups, I would say it's more common for girl groups in general, not just K-pop to have dance routines yeah. with their songs and then boy groups. Sometimes you'll see a lot of choreography, but then some boy groups are like, no, we don't do choreography. I'm talking about you, One Direction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Uh, K-pop and dancing just go hand in hand. And then we also mentioned this in the BTS episode, but it also applies to other groups. It's common for groups to have units or subgroups within the group. So... um, Certain members specialize in different things like vocals or dancing or performance or rap, things like that. And then during concerts, these subgroups will break off and they'll each have their own set of songs that they'll perform so that the other members can get a little bit of a break from all the dancing and singing they've just done. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of cool. You get like, kind of get like a bunch of groups in one. Yeah. And then possibly one of the strangest things that I found about the K-pop industry when I was first getting into it is everything that goes into their marketing. It is insane. It is crazy. It's it's insane. There is no other way to do it. There's nothing like it, quite like it, yeah. in the music world. Yeah, I've K-pop. never, like, I know that a lot of times people, like with Taylor Swift, she'll have an album release and it's there's something 
she'll have like a special contract with Target where if you buy her album at Target, you'll get like two more extra songs. And that's like, wow. No. <laughs> you got nothing, nothing on K-pop groups. <laughs> nothing. So when an album releases that's K-pop related, you don't just get the songs and the, the music is the least of your concerns it, honestly, when it comes to yeah. the album. Yeah. Um, if you buy their album, you're buying it for the other album inclusions, which mainly is the photo card or photo cards. That or are photo books. There's also photo books, but the photo cards, people go bananas over. I first, when I first heard <laughs> kind about... Kind of including Emily. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when I first heard about photo card collecting, I was yeah. like, what? People collect a little square that has a, a Korean person on it? <laughs> like, what? Ooh. And they have binders full of these things? <laughs> yeah, now I'm one of those uh-huh, Yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, yeah. So... I did not understand that when I first was getting it. I was like, what is what is the point? Why do you want those things? But now I get it. I can't explain it, but I get it. See that I I I under I see this is I, I'm I'm still in the boat of like I do get it, but it's just not quite like I, I've received some from you <laughs> and from Caitlin and like I have a small little collection and I'm like, these are cool, but like I'm not gonna ever buy these for myself. <laughs> That's what I thought until I bought them. And it's just about, I think it's about the thrill of opening and being like, which member did I get? Oh my gosh, I got this member. Like it's, it's thrilling. And then you just keep wanting to buy things. Because then you have to buy more in order to get the different photo cards. Yes. So uh, there's a lot of people and they will post their unboxings online, which I I'm guilty. I watch them. I'm like, ooh, what cards did they get? Oh my gosh. They'll buy like eight of the same album just to get different <sighs> photo cards. And that to me, I'm just like, that's crazy. Like if I had the means to do that, I would totally do it. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> and so I'm like, Even you, Emily could just, has some you could just trade cards. There, There's a whole trading thing. Like you can oh, find people wow. who trade online and you can trade photo cards. You can buy photo cards. It's crazy. This whole thing is just and that's, crazy. And that's literally like the smallest amount of the marketing like that yeah. we're talking about. Because there's, I mean... A lot of times they're just selfies that the actual members took. Like it's not even a professional photo. It's a selfie. Right. But the, the photo shoots that they do, the behind the scenes, the amount of music videos, the amount of TV shows, the amount of yeah. like TV show appearances, like there's just so much more than mm-hmm. just the albums or just these photos like it's you're right like the music is absolutely a piece of it but it's in terms of their marketing compared to the american market yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't compare yeah so like along to just finish out the album section of the marketing you just they also get like the photo books like ann mentioned the lyric book and then you get like a lot of times there's just a bunch of other random inclusions like there's like a bookmark or there's just a, a sticker or this different shaped oval thing with a picture of a member or a postcard like there's they're like what can we put in here this time that people will go crazy over and want to buy more to exchange and trade they'll just do that and people do and people do yeah and then they also have apps like weverse and that's where you can find more exclusive content if you become a member of their fan club you can 
you can just get exclusive photos or exclusive video content. There's literally an abundance of, like the videos just never stop coming. And they also have like their YouTube channels. They have their different shows, like Anne mentioned, like each group has at least one show <laughs> that like new episodes come out. It seems like every day. <laughs> and I'm like, so every single day I go onto my YouTube subscriptions and there's always a new video from at least one of the groups. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I literally will never catch up. Yeah. But it's also amazing because I'm like, yay. They, uh, <laughs> More the amount, content. Yeah. The amount of content that K-pop puts out is an astonishing amount. I mean, half of the country is dedicated to marketing for K-pop. It I know. seems like like half the population. Yeah. And then you have their music videos and they do like multiple versions of their music videos. Then yeah. they do the behind the scenes of everything that they do. And then their special performances, like when they have their new albums come out, they'll go and perform all their stuff everywhere and put that up. And then on top of that, all the interviews that they do. Like there's just so much content. It's crazy. It's, There's probably content like that for other American artists, but like nowhere near the amount of content. Well, and, and I just don't thing, care that much about the, the other <laughs> artists. Well, and the other thing is, is that's a standard. Like you were saying, every K-pop group follows this sort of similar marketing plan. Maybe they don't do as much as other mm -hmm. groups or, you know, there might be some differences, but it's a standard across the industry that when you release an album, like all this extra marketing is going along with it. We're like in the American market, that's just, there's no expectation for that. Like right. Anything, some people can just release an album and be like, hey, I released this album. And, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, they and don't even have a music video. Some people will go video. on tours. Some people will not go on tour. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of whatever they want to do. And people, and that's like, we're just used to that because that's how it's always been. Mm -hmm. And if they release extra content, it's like, wow, that's, <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And I think the other thing that like makes K-pop unique and makes people want to watch all this content is because there's so much content, you feel like you know them way more. Mm -hmm. Like you know their little weird things that they do. Like their Jung quirks. An from Seventeen carries a plastic spoon around sometimes because it's his it, it's his safety thing. Like it just makes him feel better. <laughs> like I was at work the other day holding a plastic spoon and I was like, I feel like Jung An. <laughs> And like, I don't know, it's just like you, you get to know their little habits that you wouldn't otherwise know if they didn't have a camera on them at all times. Yeah. And so you just feel like you know them and so you feel like you need to support them in everything that they do. <laughs> like if they drop a, a bracelet that you're never going to wear, but you just need to buy it because it's theirs. <laughs> I've never done that actually, just so you know, but I mean. It could happen. It, it could happen, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that's different is at their concerts, they don't have opening acts. Like it's very common for when you go to a concert in the US, right. that there's somebody who opens for them and gets the audience ready and like, yeah. they don't have that. Which I was like, wait, what? But their concerts are like three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, well, so, especially when you have 13 members, like 17. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of people to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to touch on as to why they're different from other music groups is solo work. Ah. So a lot of times like Fifth Harmony or One Direction or the Beatles, I don't know if it's true with the Beatles, you can correct me maybe, is like you, you were in your group and you could only do music with your group. Maybe you could do a feature on a song, on somebody else's song, but you didn't really do your own work. 
right. until the group was over. And then you would yeah. go out and do your solo stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times it was like, I can't wait. Like, that's where a lot of animosity came from, from these U.S. or British groups. It's like, I can't wait to not be in this group so that I can do my own thing. And I don't like the style of music that I'm doing in my group. And I can't wait until I can do my solo stuff. Or like a lot of people were just in a group so they could get well known. And, and get the fame they to could then be, yeah. launch their own solo career. Yeah. But with K-pop, like you can do solo work mm. and it's you can still be in your group. So that's something I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Because then you can you can get to know their own style and sense. And you can also, it's just so much more content. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have I said much content a million times? Well, I, I have a question for you, Emily, before we move on. Because to me, when you start to break down, like the amount of fans and loyal fans that K-pop has, I agree, has contributed, I think, to the marketing. The fact that the members, they do stay together for a long time. Like most bands are at least 10, if not more, years. Like, it's not like they get together for two years and then they go solo or, you know, mm -hmm. like, they're, they're long-lived careers for the most part. And so, like, do you feel like that is changing music? Because it's still kind of, K-pop's still a pretty recent thing. It's only been the past couple decades. Like, do you think, you know, maybe two more decades from now, the American music and British music is going to start doing something similar? What do you think? Mm. I feel like... No, but I have no idea. The When I was doing my research, most of the contracts for K-pop groups are seven-year contracts. Oh, okay. So after seven years, like, it's pretty common that, like, groups will only stay together for seven years. Oh, okay. And they call it the seven-year curse. But I don't know. I feel like... I feel like BTS has been together longer than seven years. They've been almost ten years now. And they have another contract. They're coming back after their hiatus. Don't don't you worry about that. But I feel like maybe because of the success that BTS has had, more K-pop groups will be Wanting staying to stay together, together longer. Yeah. Um, I don't know about other groups, though. I feel like I don't really know that many groups outside of K-pop anymore. That's true. It's also solo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's... There's it's, like this band, Why Don't We, or something, but I don't know anything about them, really. Yeah, well, and even in bands like... Well, actually, Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, yeah. But they actually were friends, and they formed their own band. Like, they weren't, like, put together just because. And right. they also do their own solo work. It's Theirs is probably the most similar to K-pop, where they can do whatever they want and, like, do their solo music if they want, but then they yeah. also are still together. Yeah, but it's kind of surprising because I do think that um, it's just certain bands, even like I think of Imagine Dragons, like they're they have they're technically a band, but like you really only know the lead singer or like Coldplay, mm -hmm. like everyone mm -hmm. knows what's his name, Chris. Chris Martin. Everyone knows Chris Martin, but he Coldplay's technically like a band, but right. you don't really know the other members or pay attention to them because you kind of just pay attention to the lead singer. So there's kind of, yeah, it's just like, it's just different in yeah. America and like Britain. They just, it's just like different with Western culture where it really is really a more solo focused. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, the Beatles were kind of like, 
I think, unique in that way. And also, I think back back in the day, there were certainly more bands like the Mamas and the Papas, and like I do think it's become more modern for music to be solo careers. Where before, actually, bands were a bit more common. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons as to why K-pop is like members and there's always more than one, and it's like you know um, a group setting. Is because of the training process that they go through. Like K-pop in general, it's just a whole different yeah. process. Like the industry is just—it's its own industry and its own thing, mm-hmm. versus just like America's music. Like you know, there's not right. really a there's not really a, a conglomerate like managing and controlling it. Where in K-pop, there kind of is because they do have to go through this like training process. So what is that? Yeah. So I was really curious about the training process because you'll hear like. If you ever watch interviews or just videos of K-pop groups, they'll always reference their trainee days. Yeah. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, what, what are trainee days? And so I actually watched this show that HYBE, which is the company that BTS is from, put up on their YouTube channel. And it like went through the whole training process of a group becoming a group. And so that was really interesting. It's on YouTube right now if you want to watch it. It's called And Auditioning the Howling. And basically, this this didn't start at the very beginning of the training because they already had four members. Hive already had four members that they knew that they wanted to be in a group. And you, you do this by like auditioning or you can just find people on the street and like pick you out of the crowd and be like, I like the look of you. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, that's literally how Jin came to yeah. BTS. Yeah, like, Jin just literally like, wanted to be cool. an actor, and yeah. they found him and was like, you, <laughs> we want you. Yeah. But basically, it shows, like, when you're a trainee, you're just there to basically go through the whole process of what it means to be a K-pop idol. And you just go through rigorous training of, singing and dancing, learning how to learn choreography really quickly and being able to do it really well. Um, You learn different languages. Like a lot of times K-pop groups, they know Korean, they also know Japanese, and then they sometimes also learn how to speak English because obviously. Yeah. Everybody wants to know how to learn. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about this on the languages episode. So, yeah, and in this show and auditioning The Howling, it showed the four members that they wanted to be in a group. And then it had a total of 11 other people or trainees who came on. And they had this, like, this is going to sound really weird how I um, explain it, but they had this, like, little ring and they would have to fill it with balls and if they filled the ring up to the very top then they would be able to debut if they did not fill the ring they would not be able to debut because they aren't good enough yet and get this this is the worst part there was 15 total people including the four boys that they wanted to debut but there was only going to be nine members in the final group so they had five spots for 15 yeah so you, you go through this season and you watch these boys. You get to know these boys. They're little Japanese boys. This was a Japanese group, actually. It wasn't a Korean group. And you just get to know these boys and you're like, oh, I love this Aww. one. And then you see if he does or does not debut. And sadly, he didn't debut. 
I know Emily kind of, she showed me like a couple of their perform because they will perform on the yeah. show and they'll do actual routines. And she showed me a couple and there was one guy in particular we both really liked and she texted me and was like, oh, he didn't make it. I was like tears, tear emoji. Yeah, but hopefully he debuts soon in another group because he literally, you guys, I'm not kidding. He looks like a baby V. Which, you know, is my bias. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so they go through all these routines and they meet with these executives, like a choreographer person, a vocal person, a producer, and they have to perform for them and then they get judged. And they are harsh. They're scary judges. They're like, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> or like, I don't even know. They're like, why did you do it like that? It was awful. And they're just like, it's like Simon Cowell, but worse and scarier Ooh. because... It just is. Well, and you don't know the language, so you're like, uh. Yeah. You're just reading the subtitles, and somehow that makes it more <laughs> scary and intimidating, I think. Yeah. So, all that to say, train trainees go through a lot, and they don't have, like, there's no set time limit of you being a trainee. You could be a trainee for years. Oof. Most people are trainees for years before a group debuts. Yeah. And you could be training with the same group of people for years, and then you would be like, Oh, you didn't make the cut. They're going to debut without you. And then you're just like, okay, good luck, guys. So, so yeah, it's it's really sad. But also, like, there's so much hard work that goes into it. So so if you, okay, say I, I'm a, I'm in, I live in Korea. I'm a Korean. And I want to get into the music industry. But I don't want to go through the trainee process and go through HYBE and go through these other, like, I just want to do it myself. Is that even possible? Um, I mean, maybe, but like, <laughs> but like, if you really want to do music, you kind of have to go through. I feel like if you want to be like a worldwide, like, yeah, if you want to be known worldwide, then you're probably going to have to go. Through. If you want to be in a group, I feel like you're going to want to... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would want to be solo. Oh, well, then you probably wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about, like, going solo to be able to answer yeah. that. I just, I, I'm wondering if maybe that was part of why, you know, if, you know, even back in the 50s, they see the Kim sisters and they're successful because there's this, like, group... I wonder if that was kind of a push a little bit of like, how do we get Korea and our music out into the world market? And it mm -hmm. was kind of like maybe this sort of experiment of, okay, well, we need to market them differently. We need to, you know, have this whole different process to get onto a national or not national, but um, worldwide yeah. stage, like global stage. So I don't know. I just kind of find that whole process interesting because I mean, it worked. I mean, it took a little time, but like mm -hmm. BTS, I think. I mean, obviously, even before BTS, there were many groups that were popular in America, but BTS is just, their global yeah. phenomenon just is, is different than anything yeah, it's else. Crazy. It is crazy. Um, but they kind of proved that that's how you can get onto a global scale. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some documentaries out there. That would be very interesting to know. Yeah, we'll have to look into it. Because mm -hmm. like I said, and it might it's still kind of a new thing, but I've always been kind of curious about, yeah, how that process works. Yeah, I'm not sure. I also have to talk a little bit about like the negative 
aspect of K-pop because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But I want it to be. Because, I mean, as I was talking about, like, literally they work so hard. They have so much content that goes out. They're constantly, it seems like, being recorded. So that leaves very little time for them to just, like, live. For the members. (laughs) For themselves. Yeah. Without being recorded or anything like that. So they don't really have a lot of rest. And obviously, as we've learned in society, if you don't have time to just rest and just decompress, it can really affect your mental health. Yeah. (laughs) So there has been like actually laws. Um, In 2014, a law was passed in South Korea to protect idols under the age of 19 from unhealthy labor practices Mm. and overtly sexual performances, basically guaranteeing them the right, the basic rights to learn, rest, and sleep. Mm. Because a lot of times these trainees are also young, so they're also still in school. Yeah. (laughs) So they're doing all that on top of going to school. These people are crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Because like even BTS, they announced that they were going on a hiatus to focus on their individual work. And still, almost every single day, I'm getting a notification from BTS that there's some new content to watch. I'm like, I thought you guys were on, on a break. break. <laughs> I think it's cool, like, in BTS in particular, because they do have ARMY, which is their fan base. And it's funny, because ARMY's even like, yo, take a take break. A break. <laughs> like, we want you all to be healthy and happy. Like, calm down. Yeah. It's okay. We, we're, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like, obviously, all this stuff isn't, like, brand new content that they're filming right now. Like, you can tell that it's old or a couple years old because we or can tell, like, saved oh, or, yeah. I can see that uh, JK has an eyebrow piercing still, so this is yeah. old, but whatever. It's still a lot. Okay, um, and then lastly, before I talk about my favorite groups and the most popular groups, is the difference between boy and girl groups. Yes, because I'm curious. Because there are... Girl groups, even though all I talk about is boy groups. Um, I personally favor the boy groups, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) I don't really follow any girl groups. I just know like a few songs here and there, mostly Blackpink, because they're like, it's really sad to admit, but they have more fans than BTS. Blackpink does? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Which is why they won that one, the K pop best k-pop award at the vmas they won over bts and i was like how dare they i'm turning this television program off. <laughs> and then i looked at their instagram and i was like yeah they have a lot more followers than bts i think bts those well i mean i guess i don't know but i have a feeling they're like more globally known. yeah blackpink might be more followers but yeah. i would say the same yeah um so yeah boy groups generally have more female fans However, there's still a lot of male fans and just fans of all different ages, which I think is amazing. Like I went to a concert earlier this month for Seventeen and there was two guys sitting in front of us. And I was like, (laughs) yes. And they were by themselves. They were not with their girlfriends or anything like that. They were there together. (laughs) We love. Um, And then girl groups, I believe, are marketed and meant more for a male audience. And they are like more sexualized I think because they wear like the short skirts and like stuff like that but that's why that law is in place not you can't be too over sexualized until you're past 19 (laughs) which is like still Uh, not great but I think overall 
from what I was looking at, the girl groups still have like a majority of female listeners, but they still have more male listeners than boy groups. If that made any sense, I hope that made sense. Did you understand? Uh, yeah. <laughs> was that a convincing yeah? <laughs> uh, okay, well anyways, I just personally enjoy the boy groups more because I don't know I'm, I may be biased but get it biased. I, yeah I, I think I, I mean I like think the, the girls voices are kind of whiny at times that was my thing I did try and listen to Blackpink but I just I I'm always more partial to a male ear like I've always enjoyed male music in general over female music and that applies to k-pop as well like I just I really like male voices I'm yeah, probably I biased I, but I like normally I like female voices more because I can sing along with them better and like my range matches theirs more but there's just something I don't know maybe I just haven't found the right group maybe Blackpink is just not my group yeah the only other one I know of is literally twice that's it I only know of those two groups so well let's go into the current most popular top 10 groups today according to top10about.com okay don't know how reliable they are probably not super but do you know how many k-pop groups there are like right now is it like in the hundreds is it like in the thousands is it like i'm gonna add that typing noise (laughs) according to (laughs) this is wrong (laughs) i said i googled how many k-pop groups are there 2022 and it's, it's telling me that there's 12. That's just wrong. That's just not correct. Google, you're wrong. <laughs> Anyways, number one is obviously BTS. Uh, the doi. They debuted in 2013, and they have seven members. I wrote here nine members. <laughs> number two is EXO. I have is, listened to some of their stuff. Yeah. It's a boy group, and they debuted in 2012. Apparently, EXO has seven active members. Okay. They've probably, I mean, they've been a band for a while. Maybe they've changed. Next is Blackpink, who debuted in 2016 and has four members, and it's a girl group. Next is NCT. They debuted in 2016. They started as a two-member group, and they now have 21 total members. 21? But <laughs> they have different subgroups. So, like, they have NCT 127 and they have NCT Dream. And I think Marissa was telling me about this. She's my K-pop friend who was in our BTS episode. They are at the age where, like, I'm pretty sure they're at the age where the members have to go and serve for the military. uh And so, like, the ones that were still left just, like, formed different groups. And so that's why they have all these different groups and all these different members. That's confusing. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't gotten into them, so I'm sorry if that was incorrect. <laughs> Next is Monsta X, who is a boy group. They debuted in 2015, and they have six members. Then there's Red Velvet, which is a girl group. Oh, I've not heard of them. They debuted in 2014, and they have five members. Next up is Twice, Okay, see. who debuted in 2015. They're a girl group, and they have nine members. And then there's Got Seven who debuted in 2014. Guess how many members they have? Seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not a trick question. I thought it was. Um, I am currently trying to learn their names. That's the oh. first step in a group, I feel like, is you have to learn their names. Yeah. Okay. And then there's 101, which I've never heard of. 
and they debuted in 2017 and they have 11 members. And I looked this up. I was like, who the heck are these people? So yeah, I looked I've never them heard up. Them. It sounds like they already disbanded. So that's oh. why I don't know why they're on this list. So I'm replacing them with 17. I was going to say, did 17 even no. make your list? What? They weren't on the list. So I don't know how accurate this <laughs> thing is. But 17 debuted in 2015 and they have how many members, Anne? 13. Good job. And I don't know if I can name. Well, I can name them. I just can't. Do you know why they're called 17? It's because there's 13 members and then there's the vocal line, the rap or the um, hip hop line and then the dance line performance performance and then what's the other one so, they're one band yep which equals 17 good yep. job yep okay go. the last group on this list is astro which i've heard of but like know nothing about nah. they are another boy group with six members and debuted in 2016. so out of the 10 only three are girl groups yeah yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah, so to close us out, I'm going to talk about my favorite groups, which obviously is BTS. Anne and I both love. Yes. Anne's, Anne's bias is still... Or is it's it changed? Just, it not, see, I don't think my bias can change. Who my current favorite is changes all the time. But I just think at my core, my bias is always going to be B. I just don't think that can change. Okay. For me. Okay. It can for other people, because it did for Emily. Yeah. But... V's just, he's always going to be my boy. Yeah. And there are times where I'm like, mm, Namjoon, RM. Like, <laughs> RM and Namjoon are the same person. They're it's different names. Um, and I just, gosh. He, he, he often, he and Suga yeah. are usually my second kind of go-to. But sometimes Hobie, I'm like, oh, Hobie, he's so cute. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, oh, Jin, he's so funny like and handsome. <laughs> and even Jungkook, like, he can be so weird at times that I just think he's hilarious. <laughs> and he can be so cute. Yeah. So yeah, they all, and even Jimin. I mean, he, I will say Jimin is the cutest. Yeah, he's adorable. He's so cute. Like, they all have their own little things that I'm like, yeah, they're the top in that ranking. And mm -hmm. for Jimin, it's cutest. But anyway, I won't fangirl too much over them. But V is my bias to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, so Hobie is my current bias. It was Jin before, but yeah. sorry, Jin, sometimes your hands freak me out. Um, <laughs> What? His hands. You need to watch more content, I guess. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And speaking of Hobie, I actually went to Lollapalooza. I only saw him. I saw in him. In the flesh. Yeah. And also Jimin was there, but I didn't see him. And I'm oh. literally so sad. Like, I probably saw him, but just didn't know that it was him. Because yeah, he was walking he was down the stairs and everyone was like, ah. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Hobie was absolutely insane. First of all, the whole Lollapalooza experience was insane. Like, yeah. I would never want to do that again. I would <laughs> but... only do it for him. I'm glad I was there to witness history because when we bought tickets, we were like, okay, but like, we should really save up for the BTS concert tickets. <laughs> that never happened. So I'm so glad yeah. that we bought those tickets. It was amazing. I couldn't really see him that much because like, you were standing on grass yeah that, like were, yeah didn't incline so like there's people in front of me but luckily he had that big box that he stood on every once in a while and then i could really see him otherwise mm -hmm. i was counting on the humongous screens. thank yeah. you screens yeah but i was in the same area as him i probably breathed the same air yeah you did that's crazy and it was amazing like his stage presence was great wow okay can't believe that happened 
you were a part of history because yes. he was like the first i mean he he had a lot of firsts with that performance yeah he was the first solo south korean act ever to headline a major u.s festival yeah ever hobie yeah. our sunshine yeah he did it j-hope he made, or as he likes to be called, Jay. <laughs> That's what he said at the concert. <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened. And it was, and he just, he's phenomenal. And literally, you guys, when we were, so the Kid Leroy was the set right before him, and people that were at the Kid Leroy were leaving to go to another stage, and we were like, let's get in as much to the front as we can. And people that were leaving were like, who is this Jay Hope? Oh, and you were like. <laughs> and I was like, oh. you'll hear about him. You'll oh yeah. Hear. He's making that. <laughs> and then you'll regret leaving. Well, and also, he also um, had the record number of attendees for um, Lollapalooza. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like over, was it over six digits? I think there was 80,000 total, but Green Day was also performing, so I don't know like. Oh. If there was some people there and some people at J-Hope, or if it was all how they know. counted it. Yeah. Okay, either way, it was a lot of people. Yeah, and it was oh, amazing and really hot and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the other concert that I went to that was in August. That was just a month ago that I saw him, August first. Hobie? Crazy. Yeah, I thought he was in July. Maybe it was July thirty first. Either can't way, remember. oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. And then in August. I went to see Seventeen in Chicago. Oh, wow. Did Minyu change to your bias? Because Minyu is one of the members and he's my current okay, favorite. Yeah, um, he was really good. We got literally so lucky because right before um, they came to Chicago, they were in Texas. And two of the members, Minyu, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, my boy, and who was the, oh, Dino, tested positive for COVID. And we were like, no. And I was like, you guys, Mingyu, okay, Dino tested positive first. I was like, he's totally coming back. Like, he has enough time to get rid of COVID. Yeah. And then Mingyu got it. And I was like, you guys, he has literally five days. That's the amount of time that he needs. He could be on stage. Yes. I was just hoping and praying that nobody else tested positive. And nobody else did. And they were all there. All 13 (gasps) members were there. It was crazy. Like... Holy crap. I recorded my reaction. Maybe I'll put it on um, (laughs) our Instagram. I recorded my reaction the first time that I saw them. It was just crazy. Like, you couldn't really see them except for the eight's hair because it was bright blue. And you're like, (laughs) yay! Because they were, like, facing, their back was facing us. And then the second, my bias is Jungan and also Joshua is number two. The second I saw Jungan and he was wearing his sling, I just shouted, Ah, he's wearing a sling! I don't remember saying that, but I have it on camera. So you did. Um, Yeah, that concert was crazy too. Like, they are amazing. They're known for like being the synchronizational kings or whatever people call them because they have 13 members and they do their choreography and it like they do it perfectly. Like nobody is out of sync. Except for the one time Vernon forgot to stop. No, that was Dino. Oh, it was Dino. I thought it was Vernon. But that was during a performance unit, and they were just walking. Oh, yeah, but it was still funny. <laughs> they can't even walk, but they can do everything else. Everything else. else. <laughs> um, it was amazing. I can't believe that I was there. And we were pretty close to the stage, but if I were to go again, I would get front row tickets. <laughs> um, okay. And how do their concerts compare? Because you've been to, like, Tay Tay, and you've been to yeah. One Direction. How do they compare? 
to American um, performances. Ooh, Emily, Emily's going to feel bad about what she has to say. I can tell. I mean... It's okay, Emily. Just be honest. Okay. The thing is... Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the thing is, uh-huh. is there's just so much going on at the Seventeen concert. There's so many people to, like, look for. Right. And so it's like, you're missing one twelfth of everything <laughs> if you're not watching. You're only going to... You, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but the energy is mm. insane. And also, they really interacted with the audience a lot, which mm. I thought was really fun. Um, and even though they speak a different language, they're so cute when they speak English. I'm sorry, I'm so annoying right now. But they're really cute when they speak English. And like some of the members only spoke English the whole time. And I was like, they're so good. I mean, obviously, Vernon and Joshua know how to, like, they speak English fluently. They're from America. Yeah. <laughs> but like the members who are South Korean and who spoke English the whole time, I was so impressed. I was like, you guys are the cutest. You were so impressed. I was so impressed. That was a V reference yeah. right there for all the audience. <laughs> I feel I'm, I apologize to anyone listening who is like not necessarily understanding everything we're saying. We're clearly fangirling a little hard. If anyone is still here, props to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then I'll stop talking about Seventeen. The other three groups that I have to talk about, I don't know as much about, so I won't be fangirling as much or going on and on about. But I'll talk about ATs next because I'm actually going to see them in November. Did I tell what? you that, Anne? No. Yeah. This is news They're to me. They're coming to Chicago, of course, because nobody ever comes to Wisconsin. Well, yeah, duh. If I could change anything about my city, it would be that to have an arena. That big bands <laughs> would want to come to. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm going to see ATs. And ATs is a boy group. They have eight members, and they debuted in 2018. They're like... Their name stands for a teenager's Z, so like they're younger than us, like the Z generation, oh, Generation Z. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gen Z. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I'm going to see them. My bias is Wu Young, but oh. I don't know much about them yet. So people are like, Wu Young is crazy. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, okay. sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's also Stray Kids which debuted in 2018. They also have eight members, and it's a boy group. And they're more rap heavy. Yeah, I would say they're more, like, hard, if you know what it, like. More hard rap. Like, they're not, like, la, 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 like TXT. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Throwing them under the bus right now. I love TXT. I'm going to talk about them next. But Stray Kids, yeah, they're more, like, intense. I guess they are. is the right word. I've, I've heard some of their music. It's a little intense for me. I, I have a, their more lighter songs are the ones <laughs> I like. Yeah. Um, and two of their members are Australian. So oh, that's cool too. That's cool. Yeah. And then the last group is TXT or Tomorrow by Together. And they debuted in 2019 and there's five members. So if you're looking for a group that's like pretty easy to get to know all the members for... Besides BTS, I, I was just say gonna say BTS. TXT is really easy to tell all the members apart. Okay, and they're just like, they're they're also younger than Anne and I. <laughs> Not that that matters, but they're just like really cute and adorable. But they're going into their like dark boy phase right now. Oh, but they every used kid to have like does. yeah, they used to have like the little the cute little like buttery songs. Mm-hmm. So smooth like butter. Yeah. So many groups to learn. But none of them trump BTS. Yeah, no. BTS will always be number one in my heart. 
no matter how obsessed I might seem about another group. Good. So, yeah. And then there's also, um, I have to say, and Audition the Howling, that show that I was talking about with the trainees, their team, like their debut name, I don't think is official yet. They're like still figuring out their name is. But if you want to look them up, you can look them up by searching and team, like the and sign team. That's what their current name is. Oh. So, and they have nine members. And they're really young, like, like they're teenagers. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but that's normal in K-pop. Yeah. And then they like you watch them grow up and you're like, wow, they're attractive now. <laughs> but so. BTS. But BTS. Definitely check them out. We already made a playlist on our YouTube of like some yes. of our favorites. Um, so you can check that out. That's who we recommend starting with. Yes. Because they're the best. I mean, there's just, there's just no, I don't know. I mean, I guess if other people want to debate it, they can, but like, it's going to be a pointless debate because they're the best. Yeah. So Emily, what is your life lesson about K-pop? Okay. My life lesson, I think it's to give K-pop a chance because when I first, my friend was like, oh, listen to this song. Like she literally told me I played this song, these two songs, Anpan Man and... I think it was mic drop. She's like, I played those two songs for you on the way to your bachelorette party. And you did not want to listen to anything else by them. I was like, how could I how? do that to them? Emily. Yeah. You're living proof so, that you have to give them a chance. Yeah. And don't just I would say them right give away. them a chance. Don't just like, just because you don't understand what they're saying, turn on the subtitles. Look at the lyrics. Really just appreciate all the effort that goes into what they do. And yeah, I think that's a good life (laughs) I know it doesn't take much. I don't know. And you can also like, I didn't know that like my cousin is into K-pop. My other friend is into K-pop. Like you, once you like get into K-pop and then you're like, hey, do you listen to K-pop? There's so many people that listen to K-pop that you just don't know listen to Mm -hmm, mm K-pop. And then you can talk about K-pop all the time. It's like, (laughs) you can never stop. (laughs) That's fair. So yeah, that's my life lesson. What's yours? Hmm. I definitely like yours. I think, I think to kind of come, you know, jumping off that as well is like, don't think that K-pop is just for one group of people. Like I'm an old, old fashioned nerd. And I remember when my friend was telling me about K-pop and I was like, oh, I don't know. This just doesn't seem like my thing. I watched a few music videos. I was like, eh, eh, I don't know. You know, I was kind of mm-hmm. like you, I wasn't really sure. But then once my big thing is once you start to get to know the mem- the members because you're right yeah. unlike with other music you just you don't get to know the people in the same way that you do with K-pop because there is just so much content that you get to know their quirks mm-hmm. their personalities how they inter like one of my big things is I was like I want to know how they feel about each other yeah <laughs> like are they friends are they not do they hate each other like I don't know I really wanted to know how they interacted with each other and so you get to know them as a group you get to know what their friendships are like. And um, you do really just fall in love with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't help it. And I do think, I do think you're right. There needs to be like a better balance in K-pop. Cause I agree, like the idols, their lifestyle is just insane. And they need better sense of capacity as to what they can like do. But that's out of the members control really. Cause yeah, they kind of, they're in these contracts and different stuff, but you know, everything has its pros and cons. Everything can improve, mm-hmm. but overall, just get to know the members yeah. of any given group because there's opportunity to and it's really fun and it's just you're gonna have a good time 
and you're gonna enjoy good music. You really are.